This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown live show slash NBA draft uh, analysis so far uh, slash hang out with Jared Weiss over in Boston. Uh, I don't call it Boston Garden. Why are we really here? Yes. Uh, this is actually, we're at the practice facility. This is the Auerbach Center. Uh, the Auerbach Center, named after the legendary uh, Celtics coach, Red Auerbach. So um, let's talk draft. Let's get into it. Well, we don't have a ton of time because it's go- still going on. I know you got to run out of here in a minute, but let's give our impressions for, first and foremost. Should we just, where should we start? The top of the draft? Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. I mean, Zion's not too much of a surprise there. So I guess the world continues to spin on its axis. However, I guess the biggest surprise looking at the board so far has just been Cam Johnson going to Phoenix at 11 after they trade down from six where they could have had Jared Culver. I'm assuming he must have had the most incredible visit with Phoenix for them to want to make that pick because that was a huge reach for pretty much everybody's board out there. Um, You know, the moves at the top there where Atlanta ends up with DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish should they get a defensive specialist and they get an offensive specialist there. They kind of get the best of both worlds. Maybe they can combine them into one player who actually right. is an all NBA caliber player. Well, hang on though. DeAndre Hunter, I, I wouldn't put him only in a category of like of defense. Wait, wait, is that how you're saying this defensive specialist? Well, he's a three and D guy. So, I mean, however you want to, okay. however you want to go with that. But like, his, I'm saying his game is more defensive inclined while Cam's game is much oh. more offensively inclined. I guess so. I mean, I feel like DeAndre Hunter does have a lot of ability. He, he can shoot, he can put the ball on the floor, and he's big, uh, you know, at his size. So I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily all of a sudden put him in, in that category. I mean, I guess what's the category you're going to put him in? Are we saying like a Draymond Green kind of offense where we're talking about, you know, uh, yeah. Go I'm going to compare him to Draymond, but I mean, he's, it's the fourth pick of the draft. So it's not like he's like only a defensive specialist. Obviously, he can do more, just his game is more inclined to that kind of makeup. Right. Okay. Uh, fair enough. He's a, he's a solid uh, defensive player. Now, uh, Cam Reddish, again, has all the, the, the tools we talk about as far as physically to be able to play uh, defense. I'm actually higher on him. I, I know it's not that surprising he went 10th. It's probably where he should have gone, um, but he had been rated higher at some points during this year. I like his game. Um, I think he's got a lot of ability. I, I mean, I know he's inconsistent, but the dude was, you know, 18, 19 years old playing at Duke. Uh, you know, in a weird situation with two other guys who were getting all the hype in the same age. So, I don't know. Are you are you prepared to write off Cam Reddish like a lot of people seem to have? Oh, no, that's insane. Well, for one, he's a rookie. You never write off a rookie. Um, but, you know, when I saw him, I scouted him when he was a senior. And there were a few red flags that I wasn't crazy about. He just seemed a little too laid back and passive. And uh, it just, there was something about him that made me feel that as the defenses got much more intense, he would struggle. And it's going to be a long process for him to kind of develop that motor again. And so, okay. you know, I think that there's plenty there's plenty of upside for him to be, you know, a 20-plus point scorer and be a distributor. I mean, what made him such a tantalizing prospect and the reason why he was kind of like the consensus number three prospect coming into the year was that not only was he kind of a three-level uh, scorer, but he also could run pick and roll and be a good playmaker all over the floor. He could 
make the pass coming over the screen on a pick and roll to pretty much anywhere on the court. He had a lot of those really special skills that when you're 6'8 and have a big wingspan, you know, can make you a potential All-NBA caliber player. So that upside is still there, but it's just that he, he was just so passive and was such a poor shooter inside the arc, too. Yeah. Couldn't finish, couldn't get to his mid-range game. But you know what? In Atlanta, there you know the spacing is going to be tremendous, it seems, and that could be exactly what he needs. I love what Atlanta has done now. They've really done you know a terrific two years in a row where they now Incredible. have Trey Young. John Collins really went under the radar. Dude's like a 2010 machine who could shoot threes, and I don't think anybody knows that. Uh, I'm, I, I was going to do a video on him, and then, and then the season got away from me. But uh, I think I will. I might even get him on the show. So stay tuned for that one. But um, now you throw in DeAndre Hunter and uh, Cam Reddish. And they already also have Omari Spellman, who I, I like, and I think could be really good as a small ball five and can and can fill in a role there. They have a nice little team already. Oh, they do. They do. It's been a pretty incredible turnaround in just a couple of years. And, I mean, we can argue Luca versus Trey till the day we die. But, you know, what they've done with that extra pick that they got out of that is they turned it into DeAndre Hunter and – you know, I, I guess if you look at it from that perspective, I guess maybe I would rather have Trey Young and DeAndre Hunter than have uh, Luca in a vacuum. But I mean, Luca's probably going to be my favorite favorite player in the NBA, so that's a tricky one. But either way, they've you know they've done an amazing job of maximizing value wherever they can. And while it might take them still a little while to build up into being a plus five hundred team, they have pretty much everything in place to have a really great uh, foundation now as a you know con- real contender down the road. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Let's go on to John Moran at number two. Memphis grabbed him. They got rid of Mike Conley. Obviously, they knew they were going to then pick up uh, John Morant. Um, I, I like Mike Conley. I think he's done well in what he's been able to do in Memphis throughout his career, even though all the injuries. But I, I think it's safe to say that John Morant has every opportunity now to eclipse anything that Mike Conley had ever done for them. I guess so, yeah. I mean, Morant, you can just see that there's a little bit of a spark there that gives him an upside that maybe Conley didn't quite have. But I'm a huge Conley fan, and I'm so excited to see him in Utah. I think Utah is going to be a tremendous fit for him. I think he complements Mitchell really well there. And so from Memphis' perspective, they are suddenly a super athletic team. I mean, they don't have that many pieces in place yet for us to really know know for sure. But as far as, like, their young guys, between him and Triple J, they've got some major – athletic, you know, length at that position, at their positions. Um, you know, in Triple J, I feel like he does everything great except for being like a really dominant score. And you have a potentially dominant score in Morant there. So they have the yin and yang down really nicely. And that's the right kind of two core that you want established there. For sure, for sure. Well, you know what? we got to jump over to New Orleans because I think they're the winners of the month, the way this has gone with uh, what David Griffin has done so far. They made a huge splash with Anthony Davis and got a nice haul for that, which you almost you never get uh, when you have a, tra- a trade a player that good. And then they've done some things in the draft as, as well. So they grabbed Jackson Hayes at eight out of Texas. Um, I was going to think, okay, if they have um, uh, Zion Williamson coming in and he's going to be like their power forward and, and should be terrific, uh, you'd need like a good center sort of to play behind him to protect the rim and move. I think this is a, this is a huge win for them because not only is he like Clint Capella in some respects, at least in that mold, I think he's probably ahead of Clint was in, offensively at this point of his career. That's an interesting question there because I, I feel like Clint's just the guy that can move a lot more with the ball. And I'm not really seeing that potential to really do stuff with the ball that uh, in Hayes that we've seen so far with Capella, where Capella could get the role real early and he can really dance through the off through the defense to finish. Hayes right now has just been a really dominant force as far as you know getting high passes in the lane and finishing. 
being able to you know use his post up game to score. So there's there there obviously but like obviously he's a you know college prospect and really young guy. So I forget is he the youngest guy in the draft? Um, I think it might be. Or am I mixing it up with somebody else? Or is a guy from France um, who was supposed to... Sekou Dumoya, who he, I'm shocked fell to 15. We'll have to talk about that in a minute. Okay. I actually thought that New Orleans might be drafting uh, drafting Dumoya at that pick in number eight. But he, whatever. Yeah. the point is, with Hayes, they become super athletic. They're a Lob City-type team now. Um, you know, Lonzo Ball and Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday. So they're they're going to be throwing lobs all over the place. It's going right. to be pretty insane. So it's it's not like Bull Bull to me was still going to be years away from really being able to contribute on an NBA court, even though he's got ability and he, he's long. Um, but as far as what I see from Jackson Hayes, athletically, he's already uh, he's got good command of his body. He runs well. But um, I'm not even saying he's like Clint Capella now. I'm saying he was he's way ahead of what Clint Capella was at the same age. Um, already. So I think that that's my point is that remember Capella couldn't do the things with the ball he can do now. It took him several years. So, um, but I've seen enough. I mean, I know that of course highlights make everybody look great. Uh, but I, I have seen enough from Jackson Hayes, which looks to me like, yeah, he can do a short roll, one dribble and finish. I'm not sure he's going to hit the corner three that easily, but, um, it looks like he's got some ability with the ball to do some handoffs and do the things like that. So, uh, I, and by the way, as far as the Pelicans go, I got to really quick, quickly check their roster. I, I think he's going to get a huge opportunity here to play a lot of minutes early. Uh, for Hayes, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, probably going to start, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think of anybody to, else who they have. As I quickly go. They're not going to keep uh, Randall. So, oh, is that, is that a done deal? Uh, well, it's it's very wide. The, the noise around him leaving has been pretty strong so far. Yeah. Um, so I don't think Chuck Diallo is going to be starting. I don't, can't remember if he's under roster. But so, yeah, I guess they didn't have a five, and now they have one. So I guess he should be starting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they still – is Jaleel Okafor is the next question. Um, oh, that's right. They're keeping Okafor. They are keeping it. But you know what? But, he's not a guy to come to start anyway. He's, he'd probably be best off the bench as it is. Agreed. So that'll be interesting to see if they really want to go with the rookie that, that, that young and that green. But uh, now, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Jackson does have um, – uh, Jackson Hayes has a lot of uh, uh, his dad was an NFL player. I think he's got like in his background a, uh, oh, yeah. a pro pro athletes. His mom, I think, was a really good player too. Yeah, so I mean, he's the pedigree there is very strong. Yes, and, I mean the athleticism and bot and build is obviously tremendous. We know that that's something that's really special. And I guess New Orleans part of the big part of their approach here is they're going for guys that are really long and athletic for their position. Everybody that they have out there is i guess huge for their position really right i agree i agree it'll be interesting because there's a lot of things a lot of new players we got to find out if the uh, if uh they're if um gosh help me lonzo ball and brandon ingram are going to be healthy and can play uh more so it'd be really interesting to see if they, if they figured out their issues and actually played and got healthy in new orleans uh it's it's a lot of question marks but certainly some exciting question marks to say the least for sure uh, let's go on the next one. How about RJ Barrett had a really touching moment with his father, uh, tweeted that out and it went well, uh, did very, got out there. Um, RJ Barrett, uh, he led the, led Duke in scoring, not Zion. It was RJ. Um, and just, I, I'm really impressed with his game. And the question is, will he be able to do something similar to that in the NBA against better players? Yeah, I think he's going to be better off when he's actually in the NBA. I, I just, it just didn't seem like Duke really had their guys fitting together last year and, getting one of those guys each on a team on a team that is actually experienced enough to really make it work 
is going i think they're all going to perform better i still don't really know about reddish's motor but i know rj has a killer instinct a terrific motor that when he's in the right situation where he's fully motivated can make him a kobe-esque level killer um but he he just he needs to be in the right situation and we just we have no idea what to expect with the knicks at this point about are they ever going to be the kind of situation where they can really nurture talent to maximize their potential. And we just have seen it so rarely with them or Porzingis feels like the exception to the rule with them. But David Fisdale is, you know, his, he at least has some longevity and some, you know, some teeth into his position there. So hopefully he's going to have the freedom to really establish himself. And they really believe in RJ and are going to develop a pick and roll offense around him instead of making him an isolation player where he's just kind of driving and kicking and getting the defense collapse on them. I think they really need to push him to really maximize his playmaking potential because I know when I scouted him in college or in high school, I saw a guy that could have, I mean, James Harden is a, is a lazy comparison, but as far as having that type of role in an offense, it is something that is possible for him. Okay. Well, who do you want to talk about next? Let's see. Matisse Tybel just got selected by the Celtics, so I guess that means oh, they're going to probably trade, possibly trade him to the Sixers, according to Woj. So the Celtics might be doing a first-round pick swap or something like that, where they're going to get a future first from Philly, so they can get out of this year's draft. We'll see how that trade materializes. I'm not working the phones right now, obviously, so I don't know exactly what's going down there, but something to uh, keep an eye on. Um, okay. Let's see, who, who's a prospect that you've had a chance to really watch? So, awesome. well, okay, so Jared Culver was a guy I really like. I think he's okay. going to be a terrific pro. And uh, Minnesota grabbed him. Uh, wait, remind me, that's where he's going, right? That, that's who has uh, it. Yes, yes. Okay, i got to make sure which, one, which draft list I'm looking at and which, who's going where because um, I know that some of these picks have changed. But, no, Jared, Jared Culver, okay, so that's what's interesting. He's going to play alongside Wiggins and Cat. Uh, but I think that fits in pretty well. I mean, certainly he's they they can all three play together and should be able to coexist, you know, well together in a nice athletic long, uh, you know, uh, lineup. Um, and I, so I think he's going to be really, really a, just a good player. I'm, I'm excited to see what he's going to do in the NBA. Yeah, he. It's just it's so funny how they're trying to trade Andrew Wiggins and now they've drafted the anti Wiggins. He is the perfect anti matter to what Andrew Wiggins is. He is a a good playmaker. He is super, you know, he's an athletic but like powerful attacker. Um, well, actually, I guess Wiggins can do that pretty well too. Um, but uh, yeah. he just, he just like, he can do everything I feel like that Wiggins doesn't do. And then ironically, I feel like Wiggins is great at the stuff that he doesn't do. And his big thing is he needs to get rid of that hitch at the top of his jump shot. And if that happens, then, you know, the sky could be the limit for Culver and he could be an all NBA caliber wing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, and, and they certainly the Minnesota needs that. They need more guys who are, you know, I, I think obviously Wiggins knock has always been, you know, doesn't quite play hard enough, doesn't give out, um, you know, those kind of things. And I don't think that's going to be an issue with Culver. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, I, I would be surprised if he didn't sort of um, become a, you know, uh, have control, like, you know, not like a typical rookie. He'll actually have like a, a serious role and they will go to him and he'll, he'll be able to perform. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Although, again, I don't think, I mean, what do we think about Minnesota's going in this year? I mean, they're not going to make the playoffs, right? No, they're not. And the point guard situation is so bizarre there. I mean, everybody thought that when they were making that trade up, they were going to take Kobe White. So that was a little bit surprising. But I guess they just wanted to get the best player they could there, which, I, which I'm which i glad that they did. And they definitely can. I mean, they're, I feel like their only need 
or the only non-need is a five, right? Like they can they can use pretty much anything else, right? Yeah, especially absolutely. after trading away Dario. Right. I mean, the point guard uh, Jeff Teague isn't going to do it. Uh, Derek Rose is not coming back, is he? Uh, he is. I think he's a free agent now. He is. So, and, and as far as we know, I mean, do we have any notice what, what his status is going to be? I mean, who knows if he's even going to play again this year? <laughs> Next year, I assume he's going to, but. You know, with everything he's been going through over the years, you never know if he's just ready to walk away. But he can make some money this offseason, so yeah, he probably he had a good will year. end up somewhere. Yeah. Um, well, let's see here. What's next then on that list then? Because uh, we could talk about Kobe White. I know the Bulls wanted to upgrade uh, from Chris Dunn, which, you know, I, I had thought that Chris Dunn could be a point, a starting point guard, but it doesn't, doesn't look like that's going to happen for whatever reason or for we know why. Uh, so they're going to bring in Kobe White. Um, good size, you know, uh, he, he, I, I, you know, when you go through the highlights in North Carolina, you know, there is something there. I just don't know if I'm sold on him at all. What about you? Yeah. There's a lot of people that seem to think that he's going to be pretty limited as far as his ball, uh, ball handling capability and what kind of playmaker he's going to be in the NBA. I haven't scouted him deeply enough to really uh, be able to make that judgment call, but it certainly seems like there were a few teams up there that really could have used a point guard and didn't bite anyway. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, who knows, but they, uh, I mean, the bulls, I guess they have to, they have to make that move. And they, they probably, you know, because they weren't able to get Culver, there was nobody left at that position besides white. That was like clearly the right pick there. They probably clearly didn't feel that great about Cam Reddish. So they didn't make that pick. Mm-hmm. And White just fits such a clear need. You always want to try to take the best player available, and they could use some wings. But, I mean, hey, they um, you know, they at least have a point guard that should be able to play point guard, and that's something they've been really struggling with for a while now, ever since Derrick Rose got hurt, basically. So at least they should finally have that. Yeah. No. Uh, well, we'll see. Yeah. Again, like, I, I just don't know explosiveness creativity like you know uh, facilitation of the ball i just i just those are question marks where sometimes when i'm watching these guys it, it jumps out at me right away uh yeah now let me just throw this out there because i am encouraged by a lot of the players a, a lot of hopping going on in the shots so that's really exciting to see uh first of all second of all i feel like i'm when i'm going through all, watching all these players so many of them are now having a like what we call a low release point and yep. um what that says to me is that we're finally getting away from this, this like the, 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 the Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, really high airspace releases, which limit your um, ability to shoot consistently from deep. So I kind of and I also feel like as soon as you would walk in, the old school coaches would be like, oh, you got to fix that shot, get it up higher over your, uh, your eyebrow or whatever. So when I'm by not seeing that, I think what that means is that the coaches are finally understanding that it doesn't matter. That's not the issue. And in fact, maybe a lower release point, it helps you shoot from distance better and can control the shot better. So I'm encouraged, I think, going forward that we're going to see more and more of this. And then I think what that means is we're going to see more and more good shooting from deep. That's right. And we got a couple updates to make here. See, the reason why I originally told you before we were doing it tonight that I wanted to start at 10 was because I knew the Celtics would be making a bunch of moves. And sure enough, the Celtics have traded the 20th pick to Philly for the 24th pick and the 33rd pick. So the Celtics, and they had the 22nd pick already, so they dropped back two spots pick up um, and pick up an early second rounder. I wouldn't be surprised to see them just trade all the first round picks and just go with the second rounder. Okay. Because, you know, 
using the 33rd pick is really nice and that you can get, you know, comparable to end of the first round talent, but then you're able to structure the deal as you want it and not be stuck with uh, you know, four year deal with the options of free agency. So, or restricted free agency. So that'll be really interesting. But um, Philly gets, uh, they trade up to 20 and got uh, Matisse Slayable, whose name I probably butchered because I've literally never <laughs> heard his name actually said out loud. Cause when I do all my scouting, I watch everything on mute. Um, but so, you know, he's uh, he's a bulldog. He's kind of a lot of people have compared him to Marcus Smart. And it's actually not too bad of a comparison. And so it's funny to see the Celtics who just drafted Romeo Langford, who is uh, who's from the same agency as Marcus Smart, that they passed on the other clone of Marcus Smart in this draft, which maybe affirms that they're not going to be trading smart during the offseason. But right. so then Clark. So OKC traded back from 21 to 23. And then they're getting a second round pick in the future from Memphis who is moving up to 21 and taking Brandon Clark, who should fit nicely as a future starting four next to Triple J starting at the five down the road. Um, I don't see Clark as a three in the NBA. I see him as really a four. So either they think he's going to be a three or they aren't planning on paying Jonas Valanciunas and they have their four and five of the future. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I am trying right now as we talk to see if I can't share the, the list of the draft choices as they come up. So I'm trying this right now. Let me see if I can figure that out. Uh, here's this. But, um, oh, look at that. It's working. Let me just uh, resize and so we can see better. And then let me crop. Um, well, okay, let's see. Well, who's next that we could talk about then? Um, that Let's see. Anybody uh, we've gone through as we get through here. Darius Garland. Let's, let's, let's talk about, oh, yeah. What do you want to do? No, go ahead. Let's talk about I, Garland because it's a really interesting backcourt situation. Yes, yeah, so exactly. I want to talk about Cleveland and him um, and how that's going to work. So um, it doesn't necessarily – like they're the same player, right? And they're both the same size. And so I just don't think – that makes me concerned that it's not going to work perfectly, certainly in the long run with those guys. What do you think? Well, the, I think the big difference is that Sexton, um, at least coming into the league, was not looked at as a knockdown shooter, while Garland is considered to be a knockdown shooter. So when people are making the Damon CJ comparison, I think for one, they probably do that just because they're thinking of two ball handling guards that are really good in the backcourt. But I guess it makes sense to a degree, and that CJ has never been a you know an unbelievable three point shooter the way that Dame is, and he's always been really good at having kind of like a dribble penetration game. So maybe Sexton kind of fills that role in the dichotomy and then Garland fills the Dame role in that dichotomy. Um, but so I'm assuming they're doing this because they think that both of these guys have potential to develop into really good hustle defenders down the road, but also can just be incredible scores and they could just both be 25 point a game kind of scores and they just want to have as much offensive firepower as they can. Uh, yes, I, I agree, right? Because there isn't, you know, I don't know if there's any uh, pressure right now to win uh, in Cleveland as it is. So just get, like, I guess, right, the best player available and let them go. Uh, they, don't, they don't have to stop anybody, right? They just need to, um, you know, uh, what am I saying? They just need to, um, you know, fill it up and make it exciting and maybe have the fans be excited about it. It's the Fivek Ranadive method. Never play defense, just play offense. Yeah, right. Uh, that That is uh, what they're trying to do. Um, I'm just now getting this all set up so I can um, share this feed with everybody. Uh, oh, I don't want to do that. Hang on one second. So, all right, who's next? Because I know we're probably running out of time with you. Uh, but here, here's, here's what I got so far. I'm going to cut over to there. So there you guys go. There's the feed. Can you read that? I wonder if that's, uh, if that's too small for everybody on the screen. Let me know on, on YouTube if you can read that. Um, so if I scroll down a little bit more, I'm not going to screw that all. Not, not too bad. We already know who's at the top. So, um, what do we have here? Anybody else who, who, oh, how about okay. Rui? Let's talk about Rui. Uh, they're going to Washington. 
That's where I wanted to go next. Um, Washington must love him. It doesn't make sense because uh, they, they didn't get nearly a good enough look at him for it to make a lot of sense. So I, I don't really – I just don't see it. I, I, when you I've say, watched him play. Wait, when you say you didn't get a good enough look at them, are you saying that like they didn't scout him or you, or you know they didn't scout him? No, it's that they didn't – He, if I'm not mistaken, he did not work out with them. Right, okay. Um, yeah, I, I remember seeing that, but also a million things has happened – happened in the last 20 minutes so i could be mixing it up but i thought i remember seeing that like multiple times over the last few days so i mean it seems like a reach there's so many unless they thought that atlanta or phoenix was going to be taking him then i don't understand why you don't just like trade back with charlotte for instance and i mean they must there must be they must have known that there was a promise from somebody right below them and that they weren't going to be able um, to get him because Minnesota was the team that was presumed to have been giving him a promise. They were at 11 and they traded up to six and they, and they made the selection well after that trade happened. So it. Okay. And there goes Jared. Uh, as always, he usually has cut off at least once uh, while we're doing this. So let me, um, I'll cut to me and maybe he'll join us again. I don't know. We'll find out, but um, I'll just draw out my two cents about Rui. I've loved his game ever since I saw him. Oh, here he comes. Let's go back. Uh, but we lost your mic, so maybe can you get your, other, your old mic back? Um, so I'll just finish my thought about Rui before I bring him in. Um, there he is. Okay, there he is, Jared. And I think your mic's probably working well. So Should be working fine. Great. So uh, what I was going to say about Rui was uh, I've always loved his game. He's very solid. He's not like the most athletic, but he can shoot it. And I, I'm convinced he'll be able to get back, back behind the three-point arc in the NBA level and, and hit shots and space the floor. Uh, he, I just wish he was like 6'10", six, 6'11", six, but I kind of think he's legit like 6'9"-ish. So he's not going to be like a small ball center, I don't think. Although, who knows? In another four years, small ball centers might be 6'8", right? It's very possible. It depends on how good of a, how smart of a defender you are, really. Right, and what your wingspan is, I imagine. That too. Yeah, because what Draymond is what like maybe six seven, but he's got a, what seven one wingspan, so that helps. I got to check what Rui's wingspan is, but either way, uh, and he's not really like that physical like that, and, and he doesn't play defense like that. But I just think he's really skilled, always under control, um, just the kind of guy you'd want in your team. Um, I suppose he's a little bit in that Otto Porter mold. <laughs> well, it's too bad they don't have Otto Porter. I mean, are they going to pay? Are they going to pay um, OG Bobby Portis like? What what do they do at this point? I have, uh, I have no idea where they're trying to go, but they they need to have they need to be they, they had a top ten pick and they took it on a guy who nobody really projected to be an elite uh, talent, and there were other guys that had potential to be elite talent out there. So I don't know why they're doing that when they they have this John Wall contract that's going to you know weigh them down for so long, and they're going to be struggling so much to find good players. Right. I, I mean, I, it sounds like Washington's going to have another sort of lost year, and then I, I, I suspect they're going to move Bradley Beal, right? No, I mean, they don't, have a, they don't have a GM at this point, which may be contributed to why this is happening, but they don't have a GM, so well, you they, can't... They, they you have do. to hunt. Well, they have an kind interim of, GM, but the whole point is Friend of the breakdown, that, Tommy Shepard is out there, yeah, and he's and, doing and I'm the job. I'm not trying to disrespect Tommy and everybody, and he's well-liked, but like the point is, is that a big part of who they hire next has to be making a plan for how, what you want to get for Bradley Beal, you can't make that deal when you don't have the person who's going to be implementing your future in place. Maybe you have to make that higher. And we know that they were trying to chase Masai, and maybe they're still 
going to try this one someday. Yeah, the, the rumor or whatever, the, the thought process there was because they didn't, you know, officially make Tommy the real GM. Like they're, they're, they, they know something we don't. Uh, as far as maybe Masai Ujiri coming, because otherwise, why wouldn't you just said, you know what, we got to do something here before the draft and get that all set, settled. Uh, settled. So it's, I suppose, it's possible. They but... don't want to. They don't want to rush it after being stuck with Grenfell for so long. They want to. They want to make sure they have the perfect guy. I, okay, so I guess, and then by that same logic, because they didn't rush to get rid of Grenfell when they should have maybe a couple of years ago, they're not going to rush this decision either. Like they're just they're just slow. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. You know, you know, but still, they've had plenty of time uh, at this point, right? Right? Yeah, they. I mean, they they don't have to trade Bill for a while. They're they're fine, and okay. I think they still want to offer him. Um, you know, I think they still want to offer him a huge contract extension, offer him that three year, hundred million dollar deal, and hope that he takes it because they obviously don't want to get rid of him necessarily. Right. Well, uh, uh, Dre, Dre. Yeah, go ahead. Pick update: The Celtics fell back to twenty two, and they took Grant Williams, everybody's favorite college basketball player. Uh, so that's that's going to be a pretty interesting one. Okay, yeah, they haven't posted it yet onto the uh, ESPN draft watch, but we'll see that. Um, uh, they're always way behind. Yeah, that was actually it seemed like it was. Doing actually, pretty they're well. not that far behind right yeah, now. Yeah, they're right Never on twenty first. So uh, Dre Anderson wanted to know if we talked about Culver already. I mean, kind of briefly we did, but yeah, I, I am high on on Culver. I think he's gonna be a really good pro. I think you also believe that he's a pretty good fit in, in Minnesota. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, Kevin Porter Jr. is an interesting uh, discussion because uh, didn't he just re-injure his knee that he that he hurt? Apparently <laughs> so. I, th- I feel like he might be red flagged out of the first round. That wouldn't surprise right. me whatsoever. Because I, I read the thing about it. I don't know much about him at all. But uh, all I knew was that he's playing pickup with his brother and like and he hurt it. And then they say that he had a torn ACL that was being, that was repaired like five months ago. And my question is, why are you playing basketball five months after an ACL repair? That, that makes no sense. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I mean, if he was cleared for ball at that point. I mean, five months seems a... awfully soon to play like, you know, I mean, I'm assuming they, they were playing like pickup, whatever, right? That, 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 it can't be anything short of six months to me sounds really short. I don't know. I mean, guys, guys are getting, I think guys are returning to play sometimes in as soon as six months after an ACL tear. So for him to be playing... In the backyard or whatever, I think isn't that big deal. Oh, I, all right. It was in the backyard. Is what you, that, that's how you felt it was. It didn't seem that like, I thought they were playing like you know, on on the hardwood. I mean, game. I could be wrong, but whatever. Okay, I don't know. All right, fair enough. Um, well, let's see here. I mean, I know we're kind of running out of time here. So, any other questions we might have from the audience here? Uh, I'm looking over here on YouTube to see. Uh, let's see. T- Tomas Alvarez wanted to know how we feel about the Bulls pick. We we, we just kind of covered that briefly, but uh, you know, any other things we want to. Uh, share with uh, about Bulls and about Kobe? Not really. We've already covered Kobe White. It's uh, it was probably the best player available to them at that point, okay. and it fixes their hole at point guard. Now the Bull Bull shocking uh, Dwayne Pindling is shocked uh, that they drop out of the first round. Apparently, I, it's not. I don't know how shocking it is. Only because. Um, Oh, I'm, I, I got to click. Uh, let's see. Because I I don't I think everyone sort of saw what we are seeing now, which is uh, that he just sort of. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? He just wasn't ready. Yeah, he's just he's not close to NBA ready. But I'm, let's see, looking through the who's left in the draft here, there's no team that like is a clear fit for him. I could see Portland maybe being interested in doing that. Um, by the way, I have to I have to take off here in a couple of minutes. It looks okay. like, but All I right. could see Portland's uh, being potentially interested in that home run swing. Um, Cleveland maybe could be uh, Brooklyn maybe. 
I don't think Golden State is. I think Golden State wants to lock down actual rotation guys with this pick. Yeah, um, well, and they bought yeah. a pick. Is that the pick you're talking about? Twenty eighth. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, and again, remember what they did last time they did that, and they got Jordan Bell, who, you know, contributes. And, you know, who knows, maybe he'll continue to get better. Well, they kind of stalled. But, uh, again, you have to keep your eye on them because they seem to be able to nail those. Um, all right, well, listen, you want to answer one last question before you get out of here? Sure. Um, who do you think will win next year? Debts without regret. <laughs> what, the title? Let's go with the title, yeah. Oh, my God. Whoever Bull Bull goes to. That's it. <laughs> All right. Did San Antonio make a good pick? They didn't pick yet, did they? Uh, they did. Oh, they they did. took Luka. another They took another overseas special on uh, Luka Samanich, which Luka uh, Doncic really approved of. Um, I, I, didn't, I never really scouted Luka because I assumed that he was going to get picked by the Spurs. He's okay. a Spurs special. R.C. Buford has been scouting him for a while now. I mean, he's another guy that probably we're not going to hear from for two years, and then he's going to come over and become one of the most important players. Yeah, right. Exactly. We'll see how that works. But either way, well, Jared, thanks for hopping in here and we'll give me a, you know, a quick reaction to some of these picks. Uh, I, I, I've known that I knew I wanted to get this out. We talked about this last week to do this. So glad you can sneak in here before you have to run and cover the Celtics and whatever that team is doing. Um, but great stuff. And then I guess we'll have to come back, uh, you know, sooner than later. Maybe we can do one actually together right in July. That's right. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Then. Thanks for yeah, having me, man. You got it. And don't forget, sports fans at B-Ball Breakdown, not a channel for conversation. You win. Are you in, Jerry? I guess he is. <laughs> oh, wow.